Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up and you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Happy Friday. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. And for today's show, we are going to preview ahead of the Tom Curver's Prospect Showcase, the Minnesota Wild with Brandon Molesky from KFAN in Minnesota. Uh, happy to have you, Brandon. I know uh, you are one of the authorities in Minnesota when it comes to the Wild. So uh, let's just get right into it, man. We got the Prospects Tournament this weekend. I know we're going to get to that. But the Wild were a team that Hawks fans sort of adopted uh, towards the end of last season because of the Marc-Andre Fleury trade. And if the Wild got far enough, that would be would have become a first-round pick. But I got to ask you, is there a bit of a sentiment among wild observers and fans that last year might have been their best shot at a cup? Or is there still a little bit of hope that that could be uh, in the team's near future? Well, first off, before we get before I answer that question, uh, the, the being adopted by uh, Blackhawks fans, I find interesting because <laughs> there was a stretch there where the Blackhawks just owned the Minnesota wild for a couple of years. I mean, they own the, they, they own the entire league at that point, but um and it was it was interesting because it was a team that we could never get past. So I think there was some hatred from Wild fans based on that. But I always felt like uh, you know it was a rivalry, but not really because it was kind of one sided. But also like Chicago just wasn't a team that you hated very much, right? Like they they won based off of skill, and you know they they were a fun team to watch. It wasn't one of those where you know guys are throwing down every single game and they're doing cheap shotting. So I always thought that was an interesting dynamic of. A team you keep facing, you can't get over that hump. Yet, I always still kind of rooted for them, which doesn't happen, you know, quite often. <laughs> um, but back to your original question about the, you know, was that the Wilds' only shot? I would say that was the Wilds' best shot they've had so far, and they've, you know, been in existence now for 21 years. Um, it only gotten past the first round of the playoffs one time, and even that was just kind of a lucky run with a team that was its third year uh, from expansion and kind of shocked the world and got to the Western Conference Finals before reality set in, but I would say last year was their best shot. That's the best regular season team they've ever had. Obviously the first time they've ever had real legit star power with Kirill Kaprizov um, and a bunch of other guys that had career years. But I would also say that most wild fans, including myself uh, have hope for the future. And I think Kaprizov is a big reason for that, that, um, you know, yeah, they lost some guys like a Kevin Fiala this year and, Maybe this year won't be their year, but um, their prospect pool is as good as it's ever been. They have star power that they've never had. So I, I it, it might take a couple of years, but I think once these Parisi suitor contracts get out of the way, I think there's a lot of hope three, four, five, six years from now. You just mentioned the uh, Parisi and uh, suitor contracts. 12 million, over 12 million on cap space this year, over 14 the next two seasons. That's that's a tough pill to swallow, but you know, credit to Bill Guerin for being aggressive enough to say, "Hey, we got to do this." So, how important is it for guys that we're going to see uh, this weekend here in Chicago? Guys like Marco Rossi, uh, Matthew Boldy, who I love. I think Adam Beckman's going to be a real nice player for you guys. Now, how important is it for those guys to start taking that jump while they're still on their entry level uh, contracts? Uh, in the short term, it's very important. And I think the biggest name you mentioned there was was Marco Rossi, first-round draft pick uh, from 2020. And as you mentioned, because of, you know, I, I don't like saying because of the, the buyouts, because they would have been under cap 
they would have been having cap issues regardless of whether Parisian Suter was still on this roster. So uh, the fact that they bought him out has zero impact on their on their salary cap problems. They just would have had those two on the roster uh, and Parisi just aging, kind of holding the team down a little bit. So I think from a leadership standpoint, it was important to get those two out of there. Um, but yeah, I mean, for the very short term, you know, for, for this season specifically in the next you know two seasons, a guy like Marco Rossi has to emerge because they were unable to re-sign Kevin Fiala, who was their second leading goal scorer last year, had to trade him away to the Los Angeles Kings, mostly because they were in salary cap, salary cap, salary cap issues. Now, the good news is, is Matt Boldy played a good chunk of last season. He was hurt at the beginning. Once he got called up, um, you know, Kevin Fiala's stats improved. And uh, Matt Boldy showed, at least as a rookie, and, you know, some of that might be because he had Fiala with him and he's not going to have Fiala with him anymore. Um, but he, he showed right away that he's a player, and I think the Wild expect big things out of him. But uh, Marco Rossi is really probably the key for this specific season. If they are to able to replicate the scoring they had last year and replicate the, the good regular season they had last year, uh, Marco Rossi is really going to be the key. Let me ask you something, Brandon. It's sort of when you mentioned the Parise and Suter you know, being a, a cap restriction one way or another, it kind of jogged this question in my mind. The big thing we're keeping an eye on this year is the futures of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and those two big personalities, big names, um, potentially, well, probably likely actually for both of them, their last years in Chicago. Um, what what sort of an impact did it have on the wild when Suter and Parise were gone? Now, neither of those guys were playing at the level of Patrick Kane. That's, that's fine. But did it give like a bit of a reset to the culture a little bit when guys like that leave? Yes. When, when, yeah. How did, how did that dynamic work out last year? I think hundred percent. I think that was one of the main reasons for their success. And, you know, you know, Parisian suitor overlapped with Kaprizov's first year, two years ago. So I think they saw a little bit of a changing of a guard of, all right, this is not Zach Parisi's team anymore. This is now Kirill Kaprizov's team. And, you know, Parisi two seasons ago was getting healthy scratched in the playoffs and towards the end of the regular season was playing in your bottom six. You know, as you mentioned, Kane and Taves are a little bit different, specifically Kane, because he's still playing, I think, at a very, very, very high level and uh, can still contribute. Parisi's stats had gone down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a little bit of a, uh ego personality issue where a guy like Parisi was, when he came here, he was the guy. He was your leading scorer. He was you know, thrown out there in all of your important situations, and those started to get taken away from him. And I don't think he handled that well. And internally, um, you know, and it's not just those two. It's, you know, Miko Koivu retired, and he'd been your captain for a long time. Uh, they ended up trading Eric Stahl to Buffalo out of nowhere that I think caught people off guard. And it was clear that Garen had seen a team that, you know, had been decent under Parisian Suter. They were making the, the playoffs consistently but not enough to get over the hump and get out of the first round other than just the one season against uh, Colorado in the first round. And they needed a complete culture change. And I think, you know, they changed the captain, they changed their leadership. So now Jared Spurgeon's the captain, Matt Dumba, Marcus Polino, those guys, um, they just seem to be a little bit more inclusive with the young guys. Um, you know, whereas Zach Breezy might've been more of a, Hey, I need to be out there in the power play. I need to be out there in the last minute of a game and we're down a goal. And if not, I'm going to be upset about it. Whereas I just think the locker room became a lot more inclusive. I mean, you know, uh, Greg mentioned Adam Beckman at the beginning of the show. Adam Beckman had a strong training camp preseason last year to the point where he almost made the roster. And a lot of that was, is there guys like Marcus Polino that were, Hey, you're a young guy. I want, I want to try to elevate you and get you feeling comfortable here. Whereas I think in the past, 
there was definitely a leadership hierarchy of veterans, rookies. And now I think it's more of a, a playing as a team. And it also helps when Kirill Kaprizov, as good as he is, as dynamic as he is, the kid just loves hockey and he loves to win and uh, has not seemed to cause any issues in the locker room thus far. Well, we're coming up on, uh, you know, the, the the first game of the prospect showcase uh, tonight. Um, you know, looking at the at the wild roster, one of the prospects that I'm very interested in in seeing and um, one that I remember, you know, wanting the Blackhawks to target was goaltender Jesper Wallstead. And, you know, the goaltending situation with Minnesota it, now with Marc-Andre Fleury deciding that, hey, when I'm playing on a good team, it makes hockey more fun. Uh, so maybe I will play a few more years. Whereas when he was in Chicago, he was like, "Oh, maybe I'll retire." Um, <laughs> is 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 there enough confidence in the in the goaltending situation with Flurry? Uh, you know, he he signed the two year extension. Is that kind of a do you do you kind of picture that as m- maybe a stopgap to where Wallstead might be, at least on 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 paper, the trajectory to kind of like hit the NHL pretty young. Hundred percent, Mario. Yeah, the. Uh, I, you know, the, you know, Jesper Wallstead is still young. He was just drafted, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. And, you know, Wild fans are very eager to, they're very eager to get him over here to the United States. So he will be playing in Iowa this year in the AHL. And, you know, they always want to go, well, when's Wallstead going to be your starting goalie? So, well, he's still a 19-year-old kid. Um, and goalies out of all the positions seem to be uh, very delayed in their development. Sometimes, you know, you're not getting them until they're 25, 26, 27 years old before they're peaking. Um, so, I they're going to be as patient as possible. And I, I think you nailed it with Mark Andre Fleury is going to be your stopgap for two years. By then you hope Wallstead, even though he'll still be young, uh, will be raring to go. But uh, I, I tell you what, from what I've seen of him, I saw him uh, over the, uh, during the summer, during their little prospects camp, uh, watching him in the world juniors. I, I think this kid's legit. He's a big, he's a big kid who can move. He's always square to the puck. And um, you know, he, he, we haven't really had a franchise, but we've had good goaltending here, but never really like a young prospect that we expect to be the franchise goalie at some point that hasn't happened in the wild's existence. And to the point I made earlier, when you're looking down the road, three, four or five, six years from now, where I think the wild Capri is going to be in his prime. They're going to have those salaries from Parisian suitor off the books. Uh, Boldy Rossi, those guys should be in their prime. They, they're pretty loaded now. I think from a defenseman standpoint in the prospect pool, of guys that three years from now. Um, so, I, you know, you look down the road of, of Wallstead being your, your starting goalie, I, I think you're pretty excited. But you know, I like what I saw from Marc-Andre Fleury last year. I know there was a, a big debate among Wild fans when he was playing uh, all of the playoff games in their round one series against St. Louis other than game six. And with, you know, Cam Talbot had basically, you know, been, on, you know, I think he had like one loss in his last 14 games in the regular season. And people thought he should have been starting game one. But, I think Marc-Andre Fleury still at this age can play. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw a lot of them in Chicago. He's going to make the first stop quite a bit. He's going to give up some rebounds. He, he does tend to swim a little bit in the net and move around. And I just think that was a, an adjustment. He's completely different than Cam Talbot in that regard. And I think now that you have an offseason where the def- defensemen are going to learn Fleury's game a little bit more, I, 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 would, I would expect Fleury to be fine this year. <clears throat> You guys uh, benefited greatly from a former number one uh, first round pick for the Blackhawks in Ryan Hartman last year, who exploded. I mean, his career high in points coming in the last season was 31, and he had 34 goals and 65 points 
last season. Just an unbelievable year for him. What's the expectation for Hartman coming into this season? I mean, it's kind of rare for a guy that's been a 25, 30 point guy his whole season, all of a sudden have 34 goals. So you can't really be high, uh, holding into that high of an expectation, but what, what's, what's the feeling of, of Hartman heading into this year? Well, um, when, when they signed Ryan Hartman, you know, he's kind of teetering in his career and borderline not going to be in the NHL anymore, but you, also, look at the stats that when he played at Chicago and he scored, he had a 20 goal season when he was with the Blackhawks. And his first year or two here, he was just playing in your bottom six and he didn't complain and he worked hard and he was, he was a fine bottom six guy. And they've always had a little bit of a weakness at the center position here. And he kind of found his niche in an opening just because they didn't, uh, they couldn't really find a guy in the top six that could play the center position. And, Frankly, and we probably saw it with him in Chicago. I'm assuming when he scored his 20 goals that year, he was probably getting some looks with Patrick Kane or maybe playing on the power play with them. And that's what happened here. He, he got lucky that they didn't have a number one center here. Um, and not that he's a true number one center, but when you get slotted next to Kirill Kaprizov, uh, and like I, I, I reference this at all, all the time with, with Wild fans, Chicago had so many seasons in which players play with Patrick Kane or even Jonathan Taves back when he was in his prime a little bit, that their stats go up. Uh, they get to the point where they cost too much and have to get shipped elsewhere because they're really not worth the amount of money they earn based off the points they get. And then they go somewhere else and they don't play as well. And I'm not trying to uh, denigrate Ryan Hartman in any way, shape or form because he was really, really good last year. But you're playing with Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello's you know, you know, look at Zuccarello's stats. He had a career year at the age of 36 last year. Um, and he's a great distributor. He has like the same brain as Kaprizov. They think alike. They know how to find each other. They, they, they know they can anticipate each other's moves. So all of a sudden, Zuccarello moves up, Hartman moves up, and there's one reason why, and that's Kirill Kaprizov. Now, Hartman still has to finish, and I think he's, he's a good complementary player to those two because – um, he's going to get to the net where those two are going to play more on the perimeter. You know, he's, he's willing to do more of the hard work on the four check and be responsible defensively to let those two have freedom. But, uh, there's no doubt if Ryan Hartman's not with Kirill Kaprizov, he's not putting up those numbers. Um, but when you are with Kaprizov, all of a sudden, you know, you can flirt with 30 goals a season. Is all of that Russia Kaprizov stuff worked out? Like and we, we saw that early in the off season and then it just kind of seemed to go away. Is everything you know, he's going to be there. There's no concerns about that or anything like that. Uh, he's good for this year. Okay. Uh, so he's the, the biggest thing was just to get him to the United States. And the wild found a way to, he went through Turkey and ended up flying to New York and they got him a work visa. The first, the first couple of times they had issues, they couldn't get him a work visa. So he was, he tried to go through the Caribbean to get here and had to go back to Russia. And, um, frankly, the, the front office for the wild and even the reporters who said they just don't have a ton of information on this. I'm sure that, or at least there's a lot of information that's very sensitive that they are not releasing. Yeah. And, and understandably why. So I think we still, from a fan and media standpoint, don't have a really good gauge of what happened here or what's still going to transpire. Um, but he's here now. He'll be here as long as in the, he's in the United States, he's fine. But when this season's over and you get back to the off season, who knows what, you know, the world can change by then and then Russia can change by the time we get to next, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully June and July, and not, you know, not, not May for the wild. Uh, 
but you know, Kaprizov might have another challenging decision to make. Does he want to go back there? You know, he, his family's back there. His friends are back there. That's his home. And um, there's risk in going back there at, at this point next year. Who knows what the situation is going to be like? But I'm under the impression that long term, we're not. We're definitely not clear here. Unless he just decides to stay in the United States forever, he'll be fine. But it's hard to imagine with his family and friends that he wouldn't want to go back at some point. So we we could be in another dicey situation next year or we might be in the clear. I guess we won't know until we get there. Yeah. What do you make of, uh, of, of, of Dean Evison as a head coach? Obviously he got the, uh, another extension uh, in the middle of last season. What do you make of him as a, as a, as a head coach here? Uh, they've won while he's been here other than the playoffs. So uh, from, from a regular season standpoint and back to what I've already said, but, you know, if you have Kuro Kaprizov, it could make you look like a good coach, right? When a guy's putting the puck in the net. But uh, you know, the one thing here, we talk about the culture of the players and I think that not only getting some of those veterans out contributed to that, but Dean Evison has also been one of those inclusive guys. He's, he's a guy that has his assistant coaches. Like he's not uh, afraid to have his assistant coaches have a voice in the room. And he, he looks at it as we are coaching staff, as opposed to I'm head coach, they're assistant coaches. And he's that with the players. He's, he's very much, I'm going to let the players control the locker room. And if you have good um, leadership, I think that's a, a good approach. Now, the questions with him in the playoff series last year, he was questioned about the goaltending decision to go with Marc-Andre Fleury, not only to start, but to go as long as he did with him. Um, the Wild were slow to make adjustments in that playoff series against St. Louis. They were up 2-1 in that series and had a chance to go up 3-1 when St. Louis had a bunch of defensemen hurt in game four, and they couldn't close the deal there where they had a really chance to kind of put the dagger in the Blues in that series, and they didn't. He was slow to adjustments. The special teams hurt them big time not only in the regular season, but in the playoffs. They were one of the best five-on-five teams in the league last year, and their penalty kill was not good. Their power play was mediocre, and both of those, that's the reason St. Louis won in that series. Uh, The Blues were lead on the power play and the penalty kill, and the Wild weren't. So uh, Bill Guerin has said, the coaching staff, you guys need to fix power play penalty kill, and I do think from a schematic standpoint, the PK is going to change this year, probably from a personnel standpoint, and obviously having Kevin Fiala leave. Um, is going to change the power play. But guys like Marco Rossi will probably get a look on the power play. Uh, Kalen Addison, who's a young defenseman who hasn't played a ton at the NHL level, but is known as kind of a power play specialist. I'm guessing he's going to get a look. So really for Dean, it's special teams need to improve. And, you know, let's face it, this team, this team needs to get over the hump in the first round of the playoffs. They've, they've been to the playoffs a lot over the last decade and can't, you know, have only gotten past the first round once. And that's going to be the pressure. I think mostly – Wild fans aren't going to care a whole lot about what happens in the regular season. Uh, we need to see it come postseason. So there, there's going to be, a, I think there's going to be more pressure on Dean to be a little quicker to make adjustments, uh, a little more sense of urgency come postseason. One of the uh, big free agent uh, signings of the offseason uh, was the Blackhawks bringing in Alex Stalock. Um, <laughs> and I know uh, he's had a, some big health issues over the last couple of years, but you saw his best years in Minnesota, if Alex Stalock uh, can return to form, well, I don't know if, how realistic that is, but what can you tell us about him as a goalie? Well, first off, he has a seven-year-old that plays goalie, and my seven-year-old played against him a couple months ago. His kid's an absolute stud goaltender as a seven-year-old. <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, just, I've, I've never seen it like that before. So watch out for that. Um, Stalock won. He's a phenomenal personality so if you haven't talked to him already like i'd get him on your podcast like next week he's awesome to talk to he's hilarious 
Um, I think he's one of those that's great for the locker room. He's a very fun goalie to watch. He will entertain the heck out of you because he plays the puck as well as any goalie you will see. And he is aggressive and he gets out of the net. And, you know, he's a little on the smaller side. So he's got a little, I'm not comparing him to Hall of Famer Marc-Andre Fleury, but he's going to be <laughs> sliding back and forth, right? Like he's not big enough to be square to the shooter all the time. So he's a very active, aggressive, very athletic goalie. Um, yeah, he played well when he was in the wild and he even you know played some playoff games for him one year when they when they had the bubble there in Edmonton when they had to face Vancouver in that short series. Uh, he's fine as a backup goalie. I, I don't know if um, you know if you could go with him for a long time if you have some injuries or if your starter is not playing as well if if you're gonna count on him to you know play 25 or 30 games for you. I, I don't know if he's capable of that. Um, but as a backup goalie who's entertaining to watch <laughs> and who's great in the locker room, yeah, he, he's fine. Yeah, one more uh, from me, and and thanks again, Brandon, for jumping on of so short notice here and chatting with us. Um, you look at the roster, one of the veterans, Matthew Dumba, on the, on the back end, final year of a contract. You know, there were some trade rumors last year. You mentioned Kalen Allison's coming up, and you've got some some – Young defensemen in the pipeline, guys like O'Rourke and Lambros and Hunt that are a couple of years away. Does does Dumba finish the season with the Wild? Is that a contract they're going to look to move at the deadline, or is it kind of wait and see where we are and how valuable he is to the team? Yeah, they also have uh, Brock Faber. They just acquired that Kevin Fiala deal, so he plays here locally for the Minnesota Gophers, and I, he might be the best of, of the bunch um, and a future replacement for Matt Dumba. Yeah, you know, we've been – expecting Matt Dumba to be traded the last four years. He's been in trade rumors every single year and the guy somehow survives. And a lot of that I think is he brings an energy to the locker room. Um, he's kind of the hype man in the locker room. So I think he fits the culture and I think that's what Bill Guerin likes about him. Now to your point, logically it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to keep him because he has one year left on his deal. He'll be a free agent. He's making over $6 million. Um, we've already mentioned the salary cap issues they're going to have the next three years. Um, so unless he's willing to take a massive pay cut, I, I just don't know if he fits here because, uh, as you mentioned, you know, Faber, uh, O'Rourke, Addison should get a look this year. And these are all good. You know, Addison's been a guy who keeps getting shut out because he can't crack the top four and you don't want him playing in your bottom, bottom pair where he's not getting all the power play time and, uh, you know, you'd rather have an Iowa getting some minutes and developing down there and playing bigger situations. So he's been shut out forever. I think he's finally going to get in this year. But um, it, when you look at how you can save money and have some cap space available over the next year, couple of years, Matt Dumba being gone just makes too much sense. So whether he plays out the final year of his contract and you know, if the team is doing well and you're a Stanley Cup contender, you might want to just hold on to him and, and try to go through a playoff run, but I could also see a, a scenario where you get to the trade deadline, uh, ship them out and Brock Faber gets done at the university of Minnesota and, and finishes out the season here. Cause uh, you know, the one thing with, with Dumba four or five years ago, he was kind of thought to be a an future offensive defenseman and wasn't as good defensively. And over the course of his career, it's kind of changed a little bit. We've never seen, the goal scoring we were expecting out of him. We've never seen the power play sniper that we were expecting. Yet his defense has improved. He, he doesn't turn the puck over as much as he used to be. He's much better, much more efficient getting out of his own end. Um, so it's kind of weird how his career has flip-flopped from how we 
uh, envisioned he would uh, play out. But Bill Guerin likes him, and maybe that's why he hasn't traded him uh, up to this point. But it just it makes no sense with the amount of depth you have at, uh, from a prospect standpoint. You're going to see him coming up here against Chicago. It just logically it doesn't make sense. Or you're going to keep Spurgeon, you're going to keep uh, Brodeen. Those two are here for a while. They just signed Jake Middleton because they needed a little bit more size because those other two guys are not. Are, they haven't had the biggest defensive core. They have so many prospects in the system that are going to need to come up in the next one, two, three years. It just it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to to sign Dumba long term unless he takes a massive pay cut, and I'm not sure he'd be willing to do that. All right, Brandon, before we wrap up, we've got the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase this weekend, two games against the Wild at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, we've already talked about Rossi and Wallstead, some of the uh, bigger-name prospects on the Wild. Give us a, a guy or two to keep an eye on that could be uh, you know, a, a, a piece of the Wild in, in two, three years. Well, I mean, you mentioned Rossi and Wallstead are the two big ones, and those are kind of the, the surefire NHLers you're going to get. You know, uh, Adam Beckman had a great training camp, great preseason last year, and then kind of disappointed when he got sent down and didn't have as good of a season in Iowa. And, um, you know, he was kind of okay in their little prospects tournaments or scringe or camp they had in July. So in terms of under-the-radar names, um, there's a defenseman, another defenseman, <laughs> uh, named Jack Pert, who plays for St. Cloud State, who the Wild drafted in the second round a couple years ago. He, he ended up playing for the United States World Juniors team that just uh, took place a couple weeks ago. You know, he's not going to wow you offensively or anything like that, but just a, a smart defensive defenseman, kind of an under-the-radar guy that every coach loves him because he's so efficient getting out of the zone. He just he has a very high IQ and doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So, you know, you talk about defensive prospects, and he doesn't maybe get the name credit that others do just based off of some offensive limitations. But um, I think he's going to surprise some team and some, some surprise surprise some people and be an NHL player. I would want your opinion if you guys are watching because I won't be able to see it. And uh, they drafted Hunter Haight, uh, kid uh, basically straight out of high school uh, from from the New England area. And I saw him at uh, the, the summer stuff, and he's going up against you know he's 18 years old going up against 20, 21 years old in this prospects camp, and you can tell there is. Uh, an offensive creativity to his game uh, in terms of his ability to stick handle and get the quick release. So I'd be curious to see how he does. You know, he's not thought of right now as one of your higher prospects, but I just thought, man, I'm like long-term that kid just looked like he had uh, some dynamic skill to him. So, I, you know, maybe we'll have to get your opinion later on on, on how he fares. Yeah. We're looking forward to it because it's, it's hockey. It's just it's time, <laughs> you know. It's been a it's been a long off season for Hawks fans. Uh, not quite as long for Wild fans, but man, let's drop the puck already, man. Thanks for the joining morning, us. The, yeah, the mornings are getting a little cooler, so it's starting to come around. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, Brandon, thanks for taking the time. Uh, short notice, absolutely uh, bailing us out. So we appreciate it, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right, follow Brandon mm -hmm. on Twitter thanks, at Brandon. B Molesky K F A N for all your wild needs. It is football season, and PointsBet is bringing you a better way to bet live on games. That means you can place live same-game parlays, bet on the next drive of the game you're watching to be a touchdown, cash out on your live second-half over bet. With PointsBet, you have access to more live football markets than ever before. Build your perfect live same-game parlay by combining your favorite bets anytime during the game, including spreads, totals, player props, and more. Choose the outcome on the next drive and the next points with points bet lightning bets. So whether you're on the move or on the couch, 
Do it live on PointsBet. Download the PointsBet app today and sign up with code CHGO to get your first two bets risk-free up to $2,000. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. Remember, our PointsBet play of the week was the Bears plus 10 versus the Packers. Not sure if that line has moved since we made it, but we get credit for it when we place it. (laughs) So... Keep your eye on those uh, in-game bets uh, during Bears-Packers on Sunday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. For sure. And I love this time of year because everything is about to happen. Football season, college pro is is on the way. The baseball playoffs are almost here. NBA, NHL coming soon. I love it. And if you want to go to any of those games, whether it's the Blackhawks, a Bears game, you want to catch one of the last Sox or Cubs games at home, get a Bulls tickets, Whatever it is you want to see, Harry Styles at the United Center. Yes, Riot Fest. Grab your tickets. Go to Game Time, our new friends over at Game Time. And they are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Get the, the exact seats that you've dreamed of sitting in your whole life. You can get them at Game Time. And even better, you're going to get them and you're going to save a ton of money. You won't find a better deal on Blackhawks tickets this season or any other event you want to go to. Game Time is created by the fans. It's for the fans. And they guarantee the lowest price. And I know our own Herb Lawrence bought tickets from them, found cheaper tickets on another app, told them about it, and they matched it. So they will give you the guaranteed lowest price on any event you want to go to. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the podcast description. No matter if you're where you're watching, scroll down to the description. The very first link you see is for game time. Click on that, buy your tickets to whatever event you want to go go to and help out CHGO. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. We hope you enjoyed that interview with Brandon Molesky. He's really good. He's just a, a radio professional. You can tell he's he's got the chops, and uh, you know he, he seriously committed to doing that about a half hour before we uh, before we did it. So thanks to him for for helping us out ahead of the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. And I guess, fellas, until we have training camp opening on Thursday and some games played, we just sort of have to look forward to what's going to happen uh, tonight and Sunday. Uh, at the Fifth Third Arena, and look, we've talked a lot about Lucas Reichel this season and how important he's going to be to this team, not only this year, but for the next, hopefully, five to seven years, maybe more than that. <laughs> I What I want to see, and this may be more preseason than uh, the prospect showcase, I want to see Reichel dominate some shifts. I want to see him control the puck. I want to see him uh, make some people look foolish because – we saw that a lot last year in Rockford from Reichel. We've mm-hmm. not seen it at the NHL level yet. So, uh, and look, I'm not, it's not a concern. I'm not saying, you know, it's now or never, but I want to see it. I really want to see the flashes that he has shown in the AHL. Let's start to see them here in the higher levels. Yeah. I mean, he's, he seems like a player that doesn't really uh, lack confidence at this point in his game. So hopefully uh, this, this showcase gives him a bit of a, uh, you know, speed burst into uh the preseason and and, and training camp a, a little bit of um you know a little bit a little bit of a, of a boost in confidence or just even just solidifying like hey yeah i i do have the ability to to kind of take over when i when i have the puck and and uh do some special things and 
um, you know, when when he's played against, you know, his his age range or or in the AHL, he's been a, a pretty standout player. So, yeah, if he can do that in this showcase and then uh, carry that over into the preseason, that'd be fantastic um, for me going into uh, going into tonight. Uh, I'll be at the game. So if you're uh, listening and you're out, out at the Fifth Third Arena again, free of charge to come to the games both Friday and Sunday. If you go on the uh, game time app, they give you money to go since it's a free. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. You get a get a free hot dog voucher. That's not true. Um, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Um, not valid in Illinois. But, <laughs> but I'm, uh, tonight, I'm looking forward to seeing how some of these guys are. You know, in um, in a, in a game scenario, because so far with you know with these with these prospects, we've seen them in you know pro- the the showcase uh, practices. We saw them at prospect camp. Um, you know, there, there were some, there was a scrimmage day at prospect camp. And I think some of the players, uh, who I I think didn't really stand out through camp had an opportunity to, you know, be in a game scenario and kind of show, uh, an ability in that setting. Um, so I wonder if, if, if that'll, uh, if that, if that'll happen tonight and on Sunday, just another opportunity for some of these guys that, you know, maybe just in individual drills or, um, you know, two on twos, small, small drills, whatever it is, don't really show, uh, show out. They can do it in a game setting. So I'm, I'm interested to see if there's, if there's anyone that, that, that jumps up. And um, one guy I do want to see perform well is, is Colton doc, because I'm, I'm very interested in in what the Blackhawks uh, where they value him in the organization and where his skill set can go because he's got a great shot. He's gotten, does not lack confidence in, in his shooting ability and his offensive ability. But I, I want to see what else he can do uh, besides, you know, get, get the puck on his stick and, and, and fire it. So um, I'm interested to see what, uh, what, what Colton can do and where he sits in the organization. I saw some quotes from him uh, on uh, Mark Lazarus's piece this morning about, um, prospects kind of not knowing where they stand with Kyle Davidson, like the old uh, "he who shall not be named" prospects are. Does this guy like me at all? What's the deal? And, yeah. and Doc's talking about trying to make the team, and and that's something that I don't think is going to happen by any means. No, but it's something we haven't even entertained, you know. And I think probably because of how how much they're they're stressing patience with prospects, it would be really surprising to see Colton Doc make the team. But to see that be his mindset is is interesting and I think encouraging because I think when we look at Kirby especially last year it seemed like his biggest enemy was his was himself you yeah know, the confidence was really shot from him and you could see him you know second guessing himself on the ice and and overthinking things as they came to him Colton for now doesn't seem to have that in his personality um so you know they're brothers but they're not not everyone's the Sedines where they share a brain, you know, it's totally different personalities, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And the fact that they've been having him uh, skating with Reichel uh, throughout these last few, this, this week of, of practices has been interesting too. So again, I'm not saying he's going to make the team. I don't think he's going to make the team. It would be an absolute, absolute shock if he did. Um, but, but the, I think what I'm trying to point out and I'm not doing it very eloquently is that I like that his mindset is I'm going to try to make the team. I think that why the hell not, right? Yeah, exactly. For sure. That's that's good to hear out of out of a kid like that. Um, you know, hey, force their hand, make the Blackhawks make a tough decision. That's all you can do when you're in that situation. Uh two guys I'm I'm gonna keep an eye out for. One of them is a guy that I've 
I've talked a lot about already, and, and it's Isaac Phillips. He's coming into his third pro season. I want to see him be the best defenseman out there this weekend. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't. He's got two seasons of AHL experience under him uh, under his belt right now. I want to see him take the ships against the Marco Rossi and Adam Beckman and shut them down. Um, I think Phillips is a dark horse, one of those dark horse guys for that sixth, seventh spot this year. He can, if it would an impressive camp, we heard about, uh, you know, Andre Sorensen said yesterday how much he's improved over the two seasons. It says week to week, he gets better since he's been there. And uh, that's a guy I want to see look like a veteran on the ice against these kids, uh, even though he's still a kid himself. But I, I think Phillips is the type of guy that Luke Richardson is going to fall in love with. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got some offensive ability. He's got a little bit of everything. He's got that work ethic. I really think Phillips is going to become a favorite favorite of Richardson's through camp. And maybe that helps him. Um, maybe not make the team right out of camp, but he could be that first guy up. I don't think we, we talk about Mitchell's and Vlasic's and those guys, but Phillips, I think, is a guy that's going to compete for some NHL time this year. So I want to see him... Uh, be a difference maker these two games um, show just you know you we, we've talked about in camp when we see guys at, at prospect camp well you could tell he's got you know like a philip ruse we talked about mm-hmm. he's got some polishing composed yeah, i want to see that difference and another guy i want i'm interested in seeing because i really don't know a whole lot about but the blackhawks signed him last year and he's going to be part of either the ice hogs or the indy fuel and that's goaltender jackson stauber i want to see what made him so attractive for the Blackhawks organization to sign him out of college as a free agent last year. Um, it's him and Mitchell Weeks, who's who's younger in his development. So I'm assuming one guy is going to play one game, the other guy will play the other game. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that's how they're going to break that up or however. But I want to see what Jackson Stauber's got out there. I want to see what made him uh, become a valuable asset for the Hawks and and see what he can do because – He's going to have to play for. He's going to have to fight for, for playing time in Rockford because they signed Dylan Wells, who's a veteran AHL goalie, goalie to play behind Arvid Soderblom. So, I mean, you could carry as many players as you want. The Ice Hogs carry three goalies quite a bit often. So, but I, I just want to see you know what what the Blackhawks saw in him, and hopefully he uh, you know he's going to face some NHL caliber talent probably for the first time in his career you know as far as how much of it is on the ice at the same time so interesting to see what the young goalie can do the Anders Sorensen Arvid Soderblom thing is gonna I'm gonna trip on that all year I'm just I'm putting that out there right now it's gonna happen I'm gonna call the coach Soderblom I'm gonna yeah it's it's gonna be a problem um Phillips really interesting uh came up last year and immediately people were like where did this kid come from why does he look so good and why isn't he back was kind of my, my thought on Phillips for a lot of the year. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, one, one term that uh, Sorensen used yesterday for him was athletic. And that's sort of what you were saying, Greg, is he, he does a lot of things well, and he's got the size, but he's got the speed and all, and all the things you want. And I think your point in saying that Luke Richardson could fall in love with him is accurate. And, and that kind of brings me to, to Ian Mitchell, like, I, I don't know. I just don't know where he falls in. And, yeah, he had a, a really good year last year, but player type is going to be a thing here. You, you've you heard every coach talk about a certain type of player that the Blackhawks want, and I don't know if Mitchell fits that. So just as I said, I want to see Lucas Reichel 
dominate. It's time for Ian Mitchell to show why they he was thought so highly of very recently. You know, two, three years ago, he was thought of as a top, top Blackhawks prospect. And it's it's sort of fallen off since then. And we talked about it yesterday, Greg, with Ethan Del Mastro. There is a little bit of game planning going into this. It's not, you know, they're not breaking down wild prospect camp film or anything, but they're going to try to have a structure. Try It's not just going to be a throw the puck out there and, and go to it sort of a thing. So I want to see some of these higher prospects um, assert themselves and stand out because I guarantee you on the wild side, Rossi and all those guys that they've talked about are, are going to be noticeable and they're going to be, you know, clear difference makers. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited to see this group of kids compete against another team because yeah. you're, you're always holding back even in scrimmages against your own teammates. You're not going to finish your checks. You're not going to go right. hard after you're not going to crash the net. you're going to, you're trying to protect these guys a little bit. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, full speed and, and with a lot of these guys knowing I've got a chance to make this team, it should be a really intense couple of games and then a really intense preseason. So I can't wait, man. I'm I, I'm really excited for it. I'm ready for for some competitive games, for sure. I'm just yeah, ready yeah, for it. Yesterday was kind of the, you know, ultimate of excitement. You know, being at at the practice, getting into the locker room for the first time in a long time. The sights, getting the smells, that, the hockey smells <laughs> in your system, and you're like, yeah, let's do this. The smell then, was in mid season form, man. <laughs> Woo. Oh, it never went away. That has no off season. That thing, it's like the, it's like the bo from Jerry Seinfeld's car. It just, it never goes away. Uh, Still Seinfeld, smells. Seinfeld was a TV show in the '90s, Mario. Right. Yeah. When you actually had to tune in at a specific time to watch a show, you just couldn't plug it in whenever you wanted. You know, Seinfeld's one of my favorite shows. You jerks. I know. Well, we're just get on you for being young. <laughs> yeah, there's worse things we can yeah, it's worse, worse bust things. your chops for. Yeah. <laughs> You're the young, healthy one on the show. <laughs> take no. take and run. Well, no, I'm I'm super excited to get going. We had some we had some good chats uh, at the office after the show yesterday. Some exciting things coming down the pike for the season. Yeah, just I'm super excited. I can't wait. Um, next week. The season starts for us essentially you yeah know? so uh bring it on man bring it on i'm so pumped for our first full season together at chgo blackhawks it's gonna the hockey may not be great but damn it the show is gonna be fantastic <laughs> we're gonna have fun one way we'll or make another. it entertaining yeah yep. all right mario i might golf this weekend what do i need to know what do i need to wear how do i uh look? it'd be it'd how be good dab it'd be good if you uh hooked yourself up with some pins and aces apparel uh, they are a brand new sponsor here with us at CHGO, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They're also the presenting sponsor of Big Drive Energy, the uh, All City Network golf podcast. Uh, and Pins and Aces, you they got the best gear that are going to make you looking great on the course. They're a family-owned uh, golf apparel business, so you got to love that. They make awesome polos, hats. Uh, golf bags even and uh, a, a golf bag where you can store your favorite beer uh, in, a, in a beer sleeve. It's a product that allows you to store up to seven beers right inside your bag and keep them cold through the, during the entire round, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, to have out there on the golf course when you're uh, shooting over 100, uh, yeah. you're gonna need at least one of those seven beers uh, to, uh, to 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 keep you uh, keep you interested and keep you happy out there on the course. So check out pinsandaces.com. 
Use the code CHGO and you are going to get 15% off of your first order and it's going to be free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com and using the promo code CHGO. Uh, we got a couple more weeks left of, uh, of golf weather. A couple more months if you're one of those uh, crazy people that likes to go golfing when it's like 30 degrees. Not hey, me. Sun's out, club's out. I just made that up right in the spot. <laughs> All right, that works. That, that should be on a shirt. <laughs> yeah, See? sell it. We'll send that to Pins and Aces. That's Put it. it on a shirt. Perfect. Uh, by the way, before we wrap up, want to give you another reminder. Our first ever official CHGO Bears tailgate is coming up Sunday, September 25th. This is a ticketed event. That doesn't mean you need a ticket to the Bears game. It means you need a ticket to the tailgate, but it is highly worth it. Join us again Sunday, September 25th, ahead of Bears-Texans. It's a four-hour pregame party beginning at 8 a.m. all the way to kickoff. Our all-inclusive tailgate experience at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt features a top-rated food truck, brews and booze, games and music from a local DJ for only $34.00. And the lot is a less than 15-minute walk to Soldier Field through Grand Park. There's limited parking upgrades available, but they're going fast. So if you want to bear down at the biggest and best party in the Windy City, go to allchgo.com to reserve your spot right now or go to the link in the podcast description and click that for more info. You're going to want to do that. And again, if you're looking for a ticket to uh, Bears and Texans or even Bears and Packers up at Lambeau this weekend, make sure you use that game time app. Use that link in the podcast description. That's how you help CHGO. Uh, That is the most important thing. So whether you're doing it today, whether you're doing it a month from now, when you're going to buy from game time, go on the uh, CHGO YouTube, go on the podcast, click the link in those descriptions, and that will help us and it will help you have a great time at the game. So join us at the tailgate, get that ticket at allchgo.com and get your uh, all your ticketing needs at uh, game at the game time app. So should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. We'll have full reaction to, uh, this weekend's tournament coming up on Monday on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.